Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank podcast. We love God, love people, and love our city. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org. Good, good morning. Good morning, family. Good to see you. Good to be here with you as I rearrange the stage. Uh, we are, it's so good, man, like, it's amazing to have people here. It was a, a close call when the president called the family meeting on Monday. I was like, see, it's not happening, it's not happening. But uh, grateful that we could be here and we could do this uh, this morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we are in that uh, crazy Christmas season, Christmas lights and uh, trees all over the place. And on Friday, we'll be celebrating Christmas and uh, this year, I mean, we all know it's been a crazy year, right? And uh, I, I caught an ad the other day. Excuse me. <clears throat> I, 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 can't, I think it was an insurance ad or, or something like that. And uh, they, something happened in someone's life, and, and, and the, the conclusion is because 2020. You know, something goes wrong, and the conclusion is because 2020. So, so if anything goes awry in your life, the answer is just say, because 2020, and people understand. Are you, you with me, right? Because that's the kind of year it's been. Um, I actually did that the other day. I was supposed to wash the dishes, didn't wash the dishes. You know, my wife asked me, hey, bruh, the dishes, what's going on? I was like, babe, because 2020, you know? She didn't quite get it. She's not on the... But, you know, it doesn't work everywhere, but, but we, do, we do it where we can, you know? So... <laughs> So even though it's been a crazy year, we still believe that this is still the most wonderful time of year. And uh, so we are now in a series, a Christmas series called uh, Still the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. And so in the next couple of uh, gatherings that we're going to have, we're going to be uh, chatting through some, some of those things with regards to this particular topic. And um, we're going to be Work with me. Hey, 2020, man. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's... All right, anyway. But it's, uh, so I'm going to kick it off this particular Sunday, and it's uh, speaking about uh, the most uh, wonderful time to give. And then Christmas, it will be most wonderful time uh, for hope. And then after that, uh, on Sunday, it will be most uh, wonderful time to, a wonderful time to give. Sorry, receive. Oh, we go. There we go. There it is. In case I said it wrong. Um, all right. So we believe that this is still, 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 the most wonderful time of the year. So let's go before the Lord in prayer as we get into the Word. Lord, thank you, thank you for this time. Though it has been a crazy year, you are still God, and uh, we come here this morning to declare that this is still a great and a most wonderful time of the year, and it's all because of you. And all because of the gift that is Jesus Christ. So help us this morning as we get into your word, open our hearts and our minds to receive and hear what you'd have to say to us this morning. In the name of your wonderful son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So Christmas has become about gifts. You know, a big part of Christmas is gifts, is the, the giving of gifts, the receiving of gifts. 
Uh, I, I remember as a child, I think most children had like fond Christmas memories as a child, uh, growing up in Umlazi, what we would do in, at, at Christmas time is it was about the clothes. We would get Christmas clothes. You see, some people no, no, it's not so much about toys and things like this. You would get clothes, like your folks would buy you brand new clothes and you would uh, unwrap those clothes and Christmas morning wear them to church. Yeah. We'd head off to church and everyone is rocking their Sunday best or their Christmas best. You know, so that was the one time for me, like as a kid, where I'd get to wear pointy shoes and, uh, and like a suit or something. It was on, on Christmas. And that's, you know, that's what, we'd, uh, that's what I, I remembered about Christmas. And then you'd go to church. It would be a, a whole like fashion show at church as well. Everyone in their Christmas best. And then after that, you'd head home for a Christmas uh, a lunch and feast and seven colors and, and all those things. And, you know, that's... that's uh, that's, uh, that's what Christmas was about. And um, so, so I, I was actually wondering about this whole tradition around gifts and where it actually comes from. And, uh, and then just kind of digging around, finding out that it, was actually, it actually predated the birth of Jesus. You know, it was something that, that cultures and tribes and, and nations uh, celebrated the, the coming of the winter solstice. Yeah. And so with that, there would be an exchanging of gifts with the coming of the, uh, the, the new season. Uh, then later on, after the birth of Jesus, the, the early church then adopted this practice as well to commemorate that occasion where the, the wise men uh, came to baby Jesus and offered gifts to him. So that's kind of where the tradition comes from, and that's where we have the tradition also within the, the Christian church as well, or the church as well. And uh, so it, it actually like kind of uh, digging up the story, reading Matthew 2. Matthew 2 speaks about the birth of Jesus, the whole journey of the wise men, and, and so on. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, you know, so I read my, my Bible in English, and I read it in, in Zulu as well, because Zulu is the heavenly language. And, um, but it, it's, I'll, I'll prove it to you just now, okay? Because I can see you. You want to fight me? <laughs> And so, so when I was reading it, Matthew, Matthew 2, it's, it's very interesting in that it speaks about the wise men coming from, from the east, the, the Magi, uh, who were, who were they, weren't, they weren't Jews, they were, they were pagans, and they traveled, they saw a star, followed the star, if you guys know the Christmas story. And uh, so in, in Zulu, it speaks about them coming from the east, which is written Mpumalanga. Mpuma, that's the East in Zulu. So there it's written, the wise men, well, yes, Zulu, you know, the, Bapuma Mpumalanga. They come from Mpumalanga. You know, Mpumalanga literally translated as where the sun comes out. You know? And then, so then it says they travel all the way from Mpumalanga all the way to Bethlehem. We, Bethlehem, we have a Bethlehem, guys, here in South Africa. So I'm reading this, I'm like, yes, it proves my theory that Jesus is South African. Yeah, guys, I'm telling you, on, honestly, now going back to the Zulu thing, you know, do you know what Zulu, Zulu is Zulu in Zulu is the heavens. And so Isi Zulu is the heavenly language. You know, and the Zulu, you, you know what, so you see how Jesus, how this Bible story all connects right here on our own soil. You know, no, 
No, I'm kidding. Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, so he, okay. So please don't go out saying, hey, there's a church out there preaching a different word. <laughs> anyway, so these wise men journey from their, their own distant lands, and, uh, and they are following the star. And uh, after quite a, a long and arduous journey, they end up finding uh, Jesus, baby Jesus. By then, he was toddler Jesus. It was about two years in when the wise men finally, wise men or the magi finally arrived to him, uh, five, arrived where he was. Um, by the way, there weren't three wise men. I'm sorry to wreck your childhood. You know, there were many of them. It's just that there were three gifts that were offered. So people would say three, three wise men. So they gave three gifts to Jesus, uh, which were all kind of prophetic gifts uh, around who he was and, and the ministry that he would have here on earth. So the first gift was the gift of gold, uh, which was something that was given to someone that was a king to honor and, and reverence and respect the king. The, the second thing was a, the gift of frankincense. Frankincense is like... A, it's like an, an incense, a very fragrant uh, herb. Um, Greg, you'll correct me if it's a herb or not. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. Um, it's a spice. Yeah, it's a spice. Uh, so frankincense was, was offered. It, it was a, a means of worship. Uh, so there was something that was also used in the temple as worship. Frankincense would be burnt, and, and it was like a sweet-smelling aroma that would go up to God. And so that was them coming, offering a gift of worship to him. And then finally was the, was the gift of myrrh. And myrrh was used to perfume bodies when they were wrapped, and uh, wrapped and prepared for burial. And this was a prophetic gift to Jesus, uh, speaking of the, the role that he would play as our suffering Savior and Messiah who would also die and uh, on our behalf and for us. And so, so these are the gifts that these wise men traveled months upon months to deliver and offer up to Jesus. And so the crazy thing is that when these guys, I can imagine, they've been traveling for months on camels and all sorts, following this trail and that trail and following this, this crazy star, and they get there offering these super expensive gifts to, to baby Jesus um, in that moment, though they were offering a gift, they didn't know that they themselves were receiving the greatest gift ever in Jesus himself. And, uh, you, you know, when you think about gifts, is there, there are times where someone gives you just the right gift. It's just the, the perfect gift, you know? Maybe you've been praying for something or... You've been desirous of something or waiting on something, and someone just comes in, hey, here you go, and, and it just hits the spot. Yeah. You know, so for us, Jesus is that perfect gift, exactly the right gift for us. Because, see, we were stuck in our sin. We were in a bad state, a bad condition, separated from God. In fact, Romans speaks about saying that we were enemies of God. And this is where this gift of Jesus Christ is offered to us. And uh, picking up from one of the, probably one of the most popular scriptures, bumper stickers, everything, number plates, this is the one yeah. that you will find. 
And, uh, and so in this place, when we're in this state, this gift is offered to us in Jesus Christ. And so we read John 3, 16 and 17 and it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So what it's speaking about here is that, is again, we're in this this. this state, this condition where we're in sin and we couldn't do anything to get ourselves out of sin. We couldn't self-correct or heal or make ourselves whole in any way. And God then responds by loving us and sending us His Son, Jesus Christ. In Genesis 2, kind of where the the whole story starts, we, we have God setting it up and He's created man, Adam and Eve, and He says, listen guys, if If you sin, if you disobey me, if you sin or disobey me, death will come. And and what is this? It's death. It's eternal death, as in the physical sense, but also eternal separation from God. So God says, listen, if you sin, death will come. That's the wages of sin. And so this is is what this is talking about, is, is those wages of sin. And so we find ourselves in this space, and then what does God do? God so loved us because of his love for us. What did he do? He sends. He sends, and he gave his son, Jesus Christ, so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus comes into our world, comes into our space. He is born in Bethlehem, as we know. He's, he's raised, he grows up, and uh, he lives the life that we were meant to live. And then he ends up dying the death that we were supposed to die. For our sin, he took upon himself our sin, our transgression. And then he died, and then on the third day he rose again, because death couldn't hold him down, death had no claim on him. Why? Because the sin that he carried was ours and not his. And so he was raised on the third day, uh, ascended on high to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. And he now offers the free gift of salvation to anyone that would believe in him. As Romans 10.9 tells us that uh, if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from from the dead, then we are saved. What are we saved from? We're saved from eternal death and separation from God. What are we saved for? Eternal life and fellowship with God. And so again, reading from verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And that is the the free gift that we have in, in Jesus Christ. So here's the thing about a gift, is that a gift needs to be unwrapped. So I, I, I want to encourage you this morning in that Jesus came to give us life and eternal life. He is that perfect gift. So wherever you are in life right now, whatever you might be struggling with, doesn't matter how long, how much, how far, Jesus is the answer to that. I want to encourage you to unwrap that gift that has been given to us in Jesus Christ. Whatever it is, 
whatever it is, Jesus came to give us life. But it's for us to unwrap that gift. So I want to encourage you, whether it's now or maybe later on where you're at home, is just take a moment. Take a moment to say, God, what is missing? Where is death at work in my, in my life? What gaps do I have? What holes do I have? What needs to be filled? Because the answer to that filling is Jesus Christ. So unwrap that gift. Put your hope, put your trust in Him. For God so loved that He gave. He loved and so He gave. So this great gift that is Jesus Christ, He Himself gives us instructions on how to give. Uh, These instructions we find in, uh, in Acts 20, 30, 33 to 35. So it's very interesting in that if you have a Bible like mine, your Bible will have, like if you have like a solid real, you know, then you have the red letter. I'm just kidding. It's, it's just like a cool thing that they do where the words of Jesus are in red. All right. Uh, and wherever you see Jesus speaking, it pops up in red. And so you see a lot of red in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, because uh, that's where it's recorded, kind of the life of Jesus and what Jesus does, what Jesus kind of got up to. But then all of a sudden you're reading through Acts, uh, no red letters, because Acts speaks about the works or the acts of the apostles as the early church began to work after Jesus had ascended. So kind of Jesus isn't in the mix, right? But then in Acts 20, all of a sudden you see red letters again. And, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's so fascinating that in this space you find Jesus speaking still. It's in Acts 20, you, you find Jesus, and then you find little red letters. Then also in 1 Corinthians 11, you find, uh, speaking about communion, Paul speaking about communion, you find red letters there. Then all the way to Revelation where John has a vision of Jesus and speaks to Jesus. You find red letters there. So there's all these kind of gaps where all these things happen. And then you, you, you just catch these little red letters. So, you know, my mind goes everywhere whenever I read the Bible, right? So in, in, in John 21, last chapter of, of, of the book of John, uh, John is speaking and he says, listen, guys, there are many more things that Jesus did and said. And if we had to record them, had to have recorded them, there wouldn't be enough books in the, yeah. in the world to do so. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's all these things that Jesus said and did, which we don't kind of get to see in the Gospels, but he said and did, you know, all those things. So, so for me, my, my mind just wanders. You know, I'm just like, I wonder what this Jesus guy was like. You know, I wonder what they didn't tell us. Like, like because Jesus was, a, you know, he lived a life. He lived in the flesh, you know. So I'm like, was Jesus a morning person? Like, how was he in the morning? You know, like, like how did he, how was his cooking? I mean, guys, we're talking about the Son of God here. Okay? Like, what, what was his cooking like? Well, what kind of jokes? Uh, just think about, like, what kind of jokes did Jesus tell? You know, just, so, so I wonder a lot around kind of just the life of Jesus in, in that way. Anyway, so, so Paul is, is writing, um, and uh, he's, he's out in a place called Miletus, and, uh, it, which is just outside of Ephesus back in the day, which is uh, modern-day Turkey. And uh, Paul is, is writing. 
He's just spent about three years with a church in, in uh, Ephesus. So he's been building the church, walking with these people day in, day out, living with them for three years. And uh, he's about now to leave them and head over to Jerusalem to be part of the church in Jerusalem. So he calls them. So these are kind of like his last words to, to, to these guys, to encourage them uh, as the church. And, and so he tells them, listen, guys. Like, I came here to be an example to you so that you guys would see how this Christian life should be lived out. And uh, he begins to, to, to speak to them. And uh, he, 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 we pick it up in uh, verse 33, Acts 20:33, and we read. Uh, and he, so he says to them, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and those who were with me. And so he's saying, listen to the church, listen guys, I didn't take any money from you. I didn't take anything from you. I came here, I worked with my hands, and I supplied for my own needs and also for the needs of those people that, that I came with here, because he came with a squad. Paul is hardcore like that, you know? And uh, so he says, listen guys, I, I, I did this. I worked hard to take care of my needs and the needs of those people around me. And then he says, so that in all things that I have shown you, that by working hard in this way, We must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, well, we probably can't see that, it is more blessed to give than to receive. These are those red letters that pop out of nowhere. So Paul's saying, listen, guys, I came here, worked hard with my hands, supplied my own needs, supplied the needs of those that were with me. Why? So that I could have something to help the weak with. He said, I worked hard. I worked hard. I organized my budget, my finances in such a way so that I can have something. I can have something to help the weak. And then he references Jesus and he says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So those are the words of Jesus. Paul's saying, listen, these are the words of Jesus. The great gift himself says it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, when you, when you read that, it's, it's counterintuitive and certainly countercultural. And that we're taught, hey man, hoard, keep, take care of number one. Gather as much as you can. Man, hard times, because 2020, store up tin cans, toilet paper, whatever it is. Coffee, coffee. Coffee. <laughs> so, 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 that's what it, so it's counterintuitive, it's countercultural. But Jesus says, listen, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, these are, these, when Jesus speaks, you need to take it at face value, man. You just need to apply blind trust to that. And I know it could sound a bit crazy, but I've realized that I apply blind trust in other areas of my life. So, so one of those areas for me is I, we've got a, a, an, an oldish, I think it's like 2007 Jeep, right? It's a big car. I love, love the Jeep. Love it. It's old, though. Oh. There we are. It's old, though. Um, and so I, I don't, don't judge me for this, 
right? So I don't take it into service at the Jeep dealership because what they would charge me for the service and the work there is like the cost of the car itself. So, so what I do then is that I've got a guy. You know, so everyone in my situation like has a guy, right? Yeah, you know a guy. You've got, you've got to have a guy, right? <laughs> because, you know, like, so now and then we've, we've had breakdowns, and the, the car would break down. And whenever the car would break down, especially when, you know, if, I, if I'm with my wife or my family, you know, I would walk out the car and I'd think I was this guy. <laughs> right. That's me, like walking, stepping out the car. I'm like, I know cars, you know? And the uh, car would break down, and, you know, my first maneuver is, I've got this. What do I do? Poof. This is, yeah? Maybe look for something, maybe wiggle something, yeah? I don't know why I do that, because maybe I think I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I know nothing. I know nothing about cars, guys. But without fail, I will do that. I don't know, like maybe I'm hoping like the car part would speak to me or something. Say, it's me, it's me, fix me. <laughs> anyway. So, so what I do is that I call my guy, and his name, his name is Bridge, right? Now, Bridge is that guy, you know? <laughs> we know a guy, you know? <laughs> so, but when I take the car to Bridge, Bridge is that guy. Bridge can show up, open the bonnet of my car, and diagnose what the problem is. And he knows clearly what the issue is. And all I do is I say, Bridge, what needs to be fixed and how much? And that's, I don't ask, what are you doing here? What needs here? No. He's the expert at that. What do I do? I trust him. I tr I blindly, I trust him because I know nothing about cars. And he's someone that knows pretty much everything about cars. And so I just give him the money and say, thanks, Bridge. And I on with my life. So, so too, it is with our lives and Jesus Christ. So just like, you know, the car, the car, I drive it every day. I'm with it every day. We go everywhere together, me and that car. But still, I don't know everything about it. I still need someone who's an expert to speak into that and to sort things out. So even with our lives, guys, we might be in these bodies walking and living these lives day in and day out, but there is one that truly knows how we function, what we need, everything that we need, right? So trust Jesus in this. So when he says, listen, it is more blessed to give than to receive, we need to apply the blind trust because he is the expert and he knows. So Paul takes it further, and he speaks about this even more. So he's speaking to the Corinthians here, and he's, uh, again, uh, he's collecting, collecting uh, finances and funding for the church in Jerusalem, which was in trouble, which was being persecuted. And uh, so he's speaking now to the Corinthians, and he's, 
He's talking about another church, the Macedonians, and he's saying, listen, follow the example of the Macedonians. Follow them, because they've got this thing sorted. And uh, what, what, what had happened in Macedonia is that these guys were also, you know, kind of in a tight financial spot, but they were like, listen, we want to get behind the gospel, we want to get behind the saints in Jerusalem. And so the Macedonians, what they did is that they, Paul talks about them giving, uh, giving, uh, giving beyond their means. They first give within their means and then they decide to give beyond their means. Which is just like, and it says they gave out of their poverty. You know, we're taught to give, you know, give out of our, our means, what we have available, you know, and, which makes sense, which makes sense, you know, give out of our abundance. But this, this always challenged me because even in their poverty, they said, how, how much further can we push this giving thing? And it says, even in their the, the poverty, they gave, they gave beyond their means after praying. And they, and they followed God in obedience. And so Paul, Paul is now giving them instructions. And he's saying, listen, guys, follow the example of the Macedonians. And so pick it up in 2 Corinthians 8, 7. It says, but since you excel in everything... In faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. He's like, man, guys, you guys are excellent. On faith, yes. In speech, yes. In knowledge. In earnestness, excuse me. He says all these things, but... Do you know what you also need to excel in? In the grace of giving. You need to get a distinction in giving. He says, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. He says, I'm not commanding you, but I just want to test if you guys truly love so how I'm going to know that you truly love is by how you For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Remember, we were in a sad state. And what happened? God sent Jesus, who was chill, chilling in heaven. Good times in heaven. And what did he do? He came, he came low to raise us up. Right? And so again, it goes back to the scripture in John 3.16. said, God, God so loved that he, same thing Paul says, says, listen, I'm going to test your love by the way you So how can we excel in giving? How can we have distinctions? Get distinctions for giving. Some, I'll, I'll give you three, three ideas. Three kind of common things you might have heard in the, church, in the church circles is giving of your time, your talent, and your treasure. The three T's. Time, talent, and treasure. Giving of your time just simply means giving of your time. We're in a city where everything just buzzes around. It's like, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. Hey, one of the things you can excel in is giving of your time. 
What does that mean practically? It could mean spending some time with someone, visiting someone. This is that kind of season where some people don't have family around. Find, take that time out to go visit, spend time with someone. Maybe someone's just gone through a rough, a rough patch right now. Say, hey, can we meet for a coffee? Can we meet for something? Just give them your time and you just listen. That's a gift you could give to, 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 to someone. Um, there's ways you can invite someone into your space, spend time with them in your own home. How about that? Find out, man, who, who's not going home, who's, uh, whose parents are not here, who doesn't have a home around, whatever, but just find someone to have around your Christmas or dinner table. Who's from Australia? Who's? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> The, the second thing you could do is giving of your talent. Yeah. Uh, I, I know some people, maybe it's a challenge. Again, I guess we're all challenged with all these things. Might say, okay, shucks, I don't have a lot of time to give. Okay, well, share your talent with someone. So w- what does that look like? It looks like just serving someone. We, we're, we're, we're people that are skilled. We're people that have different gifts. Um, and, and so find a way to serve someone with your particular skill or gift. I mean, it's been a crazy season e- economically. Businesses are shutting down things. So maybe some people here are good at helping businesses turn around, helping people start businesses. You know, that's a, that's a way you can serve someone. It's take your skill, take your gift, and say, how can I get alongside you? And just give with that. Not necessarily say at the end of it, hey, listen, give me a check of X amount. But just to give and just to serve. Charge them little or no amount. But that's the way that we can... We can give and we can serve with our talents. If you are, you know, handy and super manly like me, you can build things. I'm joking. I am the worst, like, with any kind of cars, paint, you know, all those things. I, like, I wish, I wish. If anyone can train me. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to run out of guys to call on. Call on. <laughs> but maybe someone needs something fixed. You know, need something repaired. You know, if that's something you can offer, that's a way you can serve and give of your talent. Real and practical ways. And then finally is to give of your treasure, which uh, can mean giving financially. So uh, signing a check and giving it to, to someone. Uh, search around the community, man. Who has a need? Maybe there's a bill you can pay for someone. Someone isn't dead in some way or someone is in need of something, something you can buy. And that could be that perfect gift for them in this particular season to meet their need. That's a way that we can, we can give. Uh, if you are looking for ideas on, on how to give and where to sow financially, uh, you're most welcome to call our church office. We've got more than enough ideas and more than enough places for you to give to. But, but give of your treasure as well. And so I, I know some people are very kind of finicky about giving money, particularly like on street corners and things like that, which is okay. And I get that. It's fine if that's your conviction. However, let that be your conviction, but do something about it. Yeah. Right? A, gr- a great example uh, that we picked up was from Caroline Webb, you know, heard that she would drive around uh, with sandwiches in her car or oranges or a whole food lover's market in... 
But at least, you know, someone saying, listen, I'm going to plan to give. I'm not just going to say, hey, I don't have anything to give. But I'm actually going to be intentional in this excelling in giving. So those are some ways that, uh, that we could give. And again, just bringing it back to why this is important and why this matters is again, we, we go back to that God gave. God loved and he gave. God loved and he gave. It's a simple thing. So if we truly love, we'll respond in the way that we give. So in closing, I want to leave with a quote by Amy Carmichael, who is a missionary out in India. And so she reflects the sentiment in this particular quote, and it reads, You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. For God so loved the world that He He gave. Let's stand together in prayer. Father God, thank you that you so loved the world that you gave your only son. You gave us your best. You held nothing back from us. And so that now in that gift of Jesus Christ, we know that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That anyone that believes in Jesus doesn't perish, is not separated from God, but has eternal life and fellowship with God the Father. We thank you for that. Thank you, God, that you did not send your Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Lord, I I pray that as we are in this Christmas season, that that would be front and center for us that we would remember that you so loved us that you gave us Jesus Christ, the greatest gift that could ever be given. And we pray that as we continue into this Christmas season, that we're mindful of that. God, won't you lead us to give as we love? That where we say we love and how we say we love, there would be evidences of giving there to show the love that we have for the people in our lives, for the people around us, for the people in this community, for the people in this city and beyond, that truly we would respond in love. Help us, God. Show us how we can give of our time, our treasure, and our talents. Thank you again, Jesus, for the example that we find in you, that you gave up everything and you came down into our world, lowered yourself to give us everything. And so today we choose to still believe that this is the most wonderful time of year simply because this is the time where we celebrate 
the gift that was given to us. That is Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. Amen.